Welcome to episode 492 of Troubadours and Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. On this week's episode, we feature a melodic conversation with Chanteuse jazz lover Corinne Mamana. We talk with Corinne about her early days learning about the arts, musical theater, her influences, pop music, the American songbook, performing live, understanding her audience, how art helps society, and she even sings a little a cappella for us, a Halloween tune. I think you'll love it. Corinne Mamana on this week's episode. We have an EWSA titled Coal Miner's Daughter. We share a short essay about The Bus by Lucy Garbus, written for the September 2022 edition of The Sun magazine. And we have a poem called Shine Bright. Of course, all of this will be imbued, infused with the wonderful energy of several great tunes. It is so nice to be with you. Let's get to it then. Episode 492 of Troubadours and Rock-On Tours. I know you've seen her 
coal miner's daughter. I was walking with Katie in the south side up a steep neighborhood road on East Mountain. I saw Trump, Oz, and the Virgin Mary congregated on a lawn of a small house across the steep street from an elementary school with one-way signs and placards for vans and kindergarten entrance directions. The name of the educational institution affixed to the tan cinder block facade was Howard Gardner School. He's known for his theories of multiple human intelligence. I found its proximity and position across from the small house ironic. It would have been nice to see but one type of intelligence there. What about the power and beauty of music and dance, all art? Loretta Lynn recently passed, married at 13 in Kentucky with four kids before most today earn a diploma. She was a coal miner's daughter. Her husband literally pushed her on stage after realizing the talent she had. Loretta, in many ways, was a champion of female issues, as can be heard in the songs she penned over the years. She could pick and strum a guitar and carry a tune, earnest and salt of the earth. She also quite likely would have Trump, Oz, and the Virgin Mary gathered on her front lawn, too. Mrs. Lynn did indeed support Trump. I know this, but I cannot tell my mother. It would greatly disappoint her. She loves Loretta. My mother is a coal miner's daughter. Mommy scrubbed our clothes on a wash 
Hello. Corinne Mamana, is that you? It's me. <laughs> <laughs> so nice to have you on Troubadours and Rock On Tours. Yes, thank you for having me on. Before we get started, let me share a little background information with the listeners. Praised by Jazz Times for, quote, superb technique and all about jazz for her, quote, sheer genius arrangements, American jazz singer, songwriter, arranger, recording artist, and bandleader Corinne Mamena is passionate about preserving the music of the past while placing her own personal spin on the American songbook, as well as popular tunes from the past few decades. Troubadours and Rock on Tours is very happy to have on the program Corinne Mamina. Thank you so much, Corinne. Thank you. And uh, how's it going today? Before we get into some deeper questions, everything going all right? <laughs> All's going well, yeah. We're uh, in the fall here, so it's definitely a little chillier in the Pennsylvania area. <laughs> it is for sure. Yeah, you're you're a NEPA person too. Um, do you yeah. live close to Scranton? So I'm in Easton. So, Easton. Yeah, it's about an hour 15 from Scranton. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Larry Holmes. I think of Larry Holmes when I hear Easton. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Larry Holmes Drive. Yep. He, yep. That's where he's from. <laughs> and is that where you were born and raised? No, I was born and raised outside Philadelphia in Plymouth Meeting. So kind of near King of Prussia area, the big mall. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Yep. And uh, music from early on was a big thing in your life? Yes. I was always singing something. Um, I was very involved in singing at my church growing up and also very involved in musical theater. So, ah, yeah, yes. I, I love musical theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you did a lot of... Uh, plays and, and uh, things like that when you're coming up with your school, maybe some independent groups too? Yes. So all throughout high school, I was involved in the shows. And then I even went on to study musical theater in college, where I was classically trained in voice, but also musical theater styles. So um yeah, and then post-college, I worked in professional theaters in the Philadelphia area and beyond. Uh, so, yeah, it was that's where it all started. <laughs> that's great. And uh, what, uh, what college did you go to? I'm thinking of one in particular in Philly that I know is great for musical theater. Yeah, I didn't go in Pennsylvania. I actually went to Virginia. Um, I fell in love with the school called James Madison University. Of course, yes. Yeah. So, great education. <laughs> and so now uh, you've been doing it for a few years, been out as a, as a professional artist, and mm -hmm. uh, you probably think about even more so now about uh, the influences you've had over the years. Who, who would you say are some of your, your big musical influences? Yeah, uh, when I was growing up, um, I didn't really listen to jazz. Um, I was, you know, listening to a lot of pop music and country. I loved Jewel. 
Madonna, <laughs> uh, even Alanis Morissette, and then country singers like Shania Twain, Faith Hill, um, and then there was Billy Joel, of course. So listen to a lot of that type of music. And then, you know, as I later on, when I fell into jazz, you know, of course, I started listening more in that genre specifically. And my biggest influences now, I'd say, are Stacey Kent, Nora Jones, um, Ella Fitzgerald, of course. Mm -hmm. my, my top three right there. Yeah, good ones for sure. Yeah. I uh, I love um, jazz vocalists generally, and I think of though I think of uh, Ella for sure. I also think of Sarah Vaughan. Lately, I've been listening to her mm -hmm. a lot. Yes, yeah, she's her as well. <laughs> yeah, you can, there's a long. It's hard to choose, right? It, there's so many great ones, and and you you mentioned in your bio the value of the American Songbook. Mm -hmm. uh, for those who don't like, I I think I know a little bit about what the American Songbook, you know, its its uh, history and, and its importance in American culture. But maybe you can share your view of what the American Songbook is for the listeners. Yeah, the American Songbook. It's you know it's a, it's this vast collection of American popular song dating back to. I'm not a historian here, so don't quote me. Dating back to. Um, the 20s and 30s um and you know so so you think of duke ellington and cole porter all these great songwriters george gershwin irving berlin those are the earlier songwriters and then later on um if you're familiar with uh the brazilian style bossa nova um antonio carlos jobim he introduced that style to um, to our country in around the 60s, and that is also considered part of the American Songbook. Um, so, yeah, I think it's an ever-growing collection. There's always new songs coming, and um, yeah, that's that's what it that's what it is in a nutshell <laughs> yeah well well uh, explained and you know i guess as a performer as an artist and someone who really respects um the song book it's and, and past artists interpretations of particular songs from that song book mm -hmm. it must be um sort of excite exciting uh, uh prospect and also a little daunting of a prospect to to interpret a song uh, that one of your, um, you know, idols has interpreted in the past. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. Trying to put your own style on a stamp on it. Um, but also honoring the, um, the past. Yeah. Are there any particular songs that come to mind that, uh, you know, are that, is that type of song? Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, there's there's so many. Um, trying to think of what, like a specific style. Um, Something from Ella, maybe. Yeah, just, Julie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, fresh on my mind is Autumn in New York. Mm -hmm. um, she did a duet with um, Louis. Yeah, I know that one. 
Yeah. So yeah, there. Yeah, and fra- uh, this phrasing so specific. So yeah, it's like learning from them, um, being uh, inspired by them, but not quite copying, I guess. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Because they wouldn't want that either. No. No. Because we all what? grow experience, life experiences, and we want to try to put that into a song. So. So you you uh, you take your own. I mean, the songs usually deal with uh, you know the eternal human struggles and joys and and uh, and such, uh, and mm-hmm. you, you want to interpret them based on how you feel about them, right? Like Absolutely. lost loves, or you know, mm-hmm. being melancholy for whatever reason, or being joyous because you found someone new. Yeah, you you it has to be your sense of it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Trying to put yourself into into a song. And if you don't have that experience, then, you know, imagining what it might be like. Mm-hmm. When, when you are doing that in front of a, a live audience, can you tell when they're feeling with what you're projecting and what you're feeling in, in uh, their yeah. performance? Yeah, that's. That's one of my favorite parts about performing when they're locked in just as much as I am. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. It must feel in some ways they're plotting for you and you're probably thinking to yourself, no, no, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause you want them to be locked in and, and listening and yeah. Connected. Well, you know, when you look for a song to to interpret, besides you know maybe writing your own, uh, is there something? What what about a song catches your attention where you say, you know, I, I think I can do this one. Hmm. I think I hear the chord changes first. I I hear you know I'm really drawn to minor songs and the darker ones, really emotional. Um, yeah, it's like the chord changes I'm drawn to first, and then I'll go in and look at the lyrics and, you know, usually they match <laughs> the, the mood of the mood of the song and what you're hearing. Um, but yeah, I'd say hearing the, the chord changes first. Well, can you explain that a little bit more? Like, what is it about chord changes that will really get you? Like, wow, yeah, that's it. Ooh. I guess it depends what I'm feeling in that moment on that very day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, like today's a rainy day and, you know, I would definitely be drawn to more of the the darker sounds and more emotional ballads. Um, And then another day, you know, I might feeling super cheery and, you know, sun's out, and um, I'm feeling this really up-tempo piece. It, yeah, it it really depends on on my mood. <laughs> uh, that's that's what I would hope for. You know, really, yeah. with an artist. Uh, so let, let's say you go, you have a show plan. You know, you're playing at the Blue Note, and uh, and you have a set list, but where you're at in your mood is not where the songs are. Do you change it or do you wait until you know where you're, you know, I guess that's kind of hard because you have a bunch of musicians working with you. 
Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I I definitely plan my set list out before a gig, and I have all put all the music together for all the musicians. So in a way, I have to have a plan. But in the moment, you know, there the audience might be leading you a different way. Um, they might you you can sense when an audience really likes a song. Oh, they like that one. Um, so you might change your set a little bit. Usually I use the songs that I brought and then change it from there. Change the order or a feel of a song. Um, many of these songs can be performed different different ways. Um, you know. Yeah. A medium swing versus a more up tempo or even change it to a bossa. There, there are things that can be done in the moment. And and jazz musicians, they know how to adjust. Yeah. At the, oh yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> that's the one of the one of the brilliant aspects of jazz, in my opinion. Yes, usually pretty flexible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, we have a mutual friend. Uh, one of your colleagues is a percussionist and pianist, uh, yeah. Marco Marcinko. Yes, uh, I'm playing yeah. Friday. I know. I think he's playing piano, right? He is. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Where's that? We can give a plug. Where's that at? In case people who are listening, because it depends on when this is airing. A lot of people will hear this after the fact, but some folks might hear it beforehand. So for those who might hear it before the gig, when, when and where's the gig? The gig is Friday, October 7th at Catch 21 Steak and Seafood in downtown Scranton. Right on the corner, and it's at 6.30 to 9.30. We'll be doing two sets. So it'll be cocktails and delicious food. And Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> now, uh, let's get back to the arrangements. Uh, the process, yeah. the process of creating arrangements for certain standards. And mm -hmm. uh, I have a list of a couple songs that I know uh, you, you're known for doing uh, distinct versions of. Uh, mm -hmm. Music of the Night, on the Atkinson, Topeka, and the Santa Fe. Yeah, yeah. The so the process is different with with each song, but with music of the night, I'll start with that one. Um, yeah. In general, I just love taking a song, especially if it's well known or familiar to most people, and playing with different feels. And tempos. So with Music of the Night, of course, that's Andrew Lloyd Webber's song from Phantom of the Opera. And I was flipping through some songbooks that I have and came across Music of the Night. And I just thought, oh, what would it sound like as a bossa feel? Um, so I started to play around with that, you know, at my piano. Um, playing through the chord changes and it took it a little bit faster than the original and then I decided hmm, wouldn't it be nice to open up the song a bit and have a piano solo over the sections that are in between the verses that are usually sung um just to give it more space, because there's a lot of words in the song. And 
that's what I did. And it turned out beautifully. So it's just, it's just vocals and piano. So there's no other instruments. It's a duo. And yeah, my pianist, Sean Goff, who recorded it on the album, um, once I met with him and presented my ideas, we just sat down together and, and played around with that idea of having the verses and then the piano solo alternating. So I, yeah, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> I can tell. I can yeah. tell. And uh, in case uh, we, we might forget to do this at the end, Mm-hmm. Where could folks pick up the album? What's the name of the album, and uh, you know where can they find it? Yeah, the music of the night is on my Yes No Next album, and you know besides being available on all streaming and downloading platforms, you can also purchase directly from me, the artist, on my Bandcamp website, and probably the easiest place to find. Well, you can go to Bandcamp and type in my name. Or you can go to my website, which is corinnemusic.com. C-O-R-I-N-N-E music.com. You can find it all there. Excellent. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. And um, is it hard making a living being a jazz vocalist and musician? <laughs> yes, it is not easy. <laughs> um, I, I do also each private lessons. So um, I'm a full-time musician that I perform and I teach. So I do, I do both. And yes, it's, it's very challenging. (laughs) So. But you probably couldn't really fully function as a, as a person without being an artist of this sort, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I have to do it. It's a, it's a burning desire that hasn't gone away yet. <laughs> so. And uh, you, you, um, uh, I guess, do you teach voice and piano or just voice or what? I, I teach both. Mm-hmm. Yes. And is it, is it fun to, to share some of what you love and what you know with young people and seeing them uh, get, get uh, interested and excited about it? Absolutely. Yep very very rewarding to see my students grow and see them perform and yeah it's inspiring to me to to see that all happen yeah makes me want to be a better artist for sure well you know i had uh delfio marsalis on a little while back and we were talking about jazz and it continuing on from generation to generation and he was concerned that it wouldn't you know uh so easily he he's concerned that oftentimes it's people that are older that like it or people that have extra cash flow uh you know that can expense for the expense of some of the, the the shows that are available with the you know really top shelf musicians and it's not accessible enough to you know the the masses uh do you share a similar concern? Do you see what he's saying? Yeah, I definitely see, you know, most of my audience is, is in the older generation. Um, but also there's a lot of younger artists coming up. Um, and I, 
I don't know. I think there's a lot of them that are intrigued by this older style, you know, um, the whole image of dressing in vintage, you know, not all jazz artists do that, but there's, I think, I don't know. I think there's, I think there's hope, let's just say. <laughs> um, I, I think there's hope for, for it to continue. Um, it might be different than before and that's okay. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. It has to kind of develop, right? I mean, Mm-hmm. It, it's weird in a way. It, it, you do want to respect what has been written and composed and performed by these great artists, uh, and and you want to be true to that approach to that style. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, yeah, nature it, it makes it necessary that things evolve, right? Adapt. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of uh, original material coming out, so. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna be okay. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. I love jazz. It's and you mentioned the the dress. That's one of my favorite parts about some of the, um, you know, the cool jazz cats from back mm-hmm. in Miles Davis's day and Colonius uh, mm-hmm. Monk and and all the all the great uh, uh, players from back and you know Ella and Sarah and Billy. They all dressed so classy again it could be a hundred degrees out and they're playing on a stage somewhere but they're they're in their suit or they're in their gown you know it's just mm-hmm. it's so classy i love it yeah me too me too i hope that that stays <laughs> yeah yeah i do as well uh so when you look at the world today and you think about you know we won't get into anything specific we have challenges as always in society how does art help with you know these challenges for for humanity for for society would you would you say art well yeah it's uh it can be an escape first of all <laughs> um from all the craziness in the world um it can be a safe place it's so you know the the cliche um when words fail, music speaks, or, you know, music is the universal language. It's a way for all of us to connect in a way. Um, yeah, I'd say, I'd say that, that that's how I feel about art and, and the world. <laughs> um, but then there's also, you know, People can write about it in their music, um, and yeah. Does that yeah. answer your? Question? Yeah, <laughs> sure it does. Yeah, it is art, in particular music. You bring up a good point. You know, oftentimes the issues at hand can be addressed via the lyrics of the particular song, as well as the the anguish or, or the discontent, it, mm-hmm. the feeling of that through the music simultaneously. And, mm-hmm. and it's powerful when it's done, you know, right, so to speak. It's powerful. And you know, you know when you're experiencing it. Yeah, yeah. Music heals. It can. <laughs> oh, it certainly can. It certainly can. 
So, uh, you know, it's it's wonderful having you on Troubadours and Rock on Tours. We're just about we're just about yeah. done, you know, with uh, this segment. Yeah. Love to have you on again. Yeah, um, for sure. Any, is, go ahead. Sorry. I think it's been fun. <laughs> yeah. You're easy to talk with. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, thank you. Likewise. Have a nice holiday time this year. Have a nice. Thank you. You too. <laughs> yeah, the, the next one coming up is Halloween. You big into Halloween? Yes. And I love doing Halloween songs at my shows. So. Oh, yeah? Like what? What kind of songs do you do? What kind of Halloween songs? Oh, well, there's Spooky, the Dusty Springfield song, Classics 4. You know that one? Yeah. Well, can you give us a la cappella? In the cool of the evening when everything is getting kind of groovy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was wonderful. <laughs> Spooky, I do a version of Thriller by Michael Jackson. Of course, there's Bewitched. Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered, that one? Yeah, that one. Awesome. Oh, wow. I got to see your Halloween Perhaps. show. There's so many Halloween-y songs. So. You know what you're dressing up as yet? No, I haven't gotten that far. Have you? No, I have not yet, but uh, I'm going to make it fun, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we'll see it at a, an upcoming show. Yeah, come on During, out. It's so nice okay. to have you on on uh, on our program, and you you have a, you have a great energy, and man, your voice is beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Well, we'll talk with you again. Take care of yourself. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. If I wrote you If I 
And now, something from the September 2022 edition of The Sun magazine, its Reader's Right section. This is a piece written by Lucy Garbus from Florence, Massachusetts, on the subject of the bus. The bus that took me to school cost one dollar each way, a fortune in the early 1970s, but my parents felt the price was worth it to protect me from the dangers of the subway. My family lived in a safe, working-class neighborhood in the North Bronx, and the school for intellectually gifted girls I began attending in seventh grade was located in Manhattan. Every morning, a bunch of my classmates and I would board a bus full of white businessmen. While the other kids kept busy with homework or gossip, I sat and looked out the window. As we rode through the South Bronx and East Harlem, I saw brightly colored produce stacked neatly in front of bodegas, little girls playing double dutch, and, on cold days, men warming their hands over a fire in a barrel. I also saw tattered furniture on the sidewalks, broken windows, graffiti, people lying in doorways, and empty lots filled with garbage. I felt both lucky and guilty to be only passing through, observing it all from the comfort of my seat. At school, I learned about the Russian Revolution, why we needed the Equal Rights Amendment, and how to speak French. But no one ever taught us why there was such wealth in the city and such desperate poverty just blocks away, or why the people in those poor neighborhoods were mostly black. The view from that bus window helped make me who I am now, a nurse who could not imagine working anywhere other than a community health center in a poor neighborhood. I learned early on that life is unfair, and more than anything, it's a roll of the dice that determines whether you need help or are able to give it.
Shine bright. Lavish, I languish in the dreams of a proletariat king. Sweet smells of the morning forest signal the beginning of another day. Fresh off too much labor and not enough play. The stars shine bright anyway. The moon is almost harvest as the sun gives it yellow and orange. I am an Italian mountain man from northern Africa fighting for freedom in America. Can you see my long white beard? After one whole quarter brandy like a daisy I'm a with no bromo seltzer handy, I don't even shake. Men are not a new sensation. I've done pretty well, I think. But this half pint imitation put me on the blink. I'm wild again. Beguiled again A simpering, whimpering child again Bewitched, bothered, and bewildered Am I? Couldn't sleep and wouldn't sleep shouldn't sleep, bewitched, bothered and bewildered, am I? Lost my heart, but what of it? He is cold, I agree. 
Episode 492 of Troubadours and Tours, with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. I'd like to thank those folks who made this episode possible. First and foremost, Corinne Mamana, The Sun Magazine, writer Lucy Garbus, and these musical artists. Thelonious Monk, R.E.M. The great Loretta Lynn, Corinne Mamina, Dusty Springfield, and Ella Fitzgerald. And of course, I would like to thank you for listening. Until next time, let's give it a go and do our best with this time. Take care.